Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Asian Commercial Real Estate Network podcast. I am your host, Jerry Wan, here along with Karina, and we are so excited to bring you episode nine of our podcast. We are right in the middle of August, so whenever you're listening to this and from wherever you're listening, we wish you all the health, safety, and happiness in the world. Um, today, we're going to talk to our guest, Dexter DeMesa, who has had a long career in the credit union world, servicing both residential and commercial mortgages. And now he has a very unique perspective on being the VP of Strategic Initiatives, an organization that actually services credit unions through the development and uh, uh, management of tools um, and products. So, so excited. Yeah, as Jerry said, we're so excited to have Dexter here. So thanks again, Dexter, for being our guest here in episode nine. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do at the credit union there? Great. Hi, Karina and Jerry. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. My name is Axel Mesa, Senior Manager at Credit Union Business Group, uh, commonly referred to as CEBG out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, we are what is known as a uh, credit union service organization. And what we do is we provide uh, products and services regarding all things commercial lending to about 600 credit unions nationwide. Now, our services that we provide range anywhere from uh, underwriting, consulting, auditing, loan docs, as well as uh, different special projects. Uh, specifically for myself, I oversee the areas of loan sourcing, participation, and, uh, and servicing. Now, actually, in addition to that, uh, to my function at CBG, I also manage and uh, co-founded the uh, MBL Peer Forum, which is a collective of uh, credit union commercial senior management executives uh, that meet on a quarterly basis to discuss and share knowledge base about uh, regulatory examination trends, market trends, and, uh, and best practices. Wow, that's, that's a lot. So a lot of our listeners, Dexter, as, as you may know, is that you're starting out in their career. We have seasoned veterans, but we also have a lot of students looking to get into commercial real estate or perhaps just starting in their career. So just from the, from, from the very, very early kind of stages here, what is the difference between a credit union and a bank? Uh, one of the key differences between banks and credit unions are specifically the fact that credit unions, unlike banks, are owned by uh, are, are member owned uh, as opposed to shareholders. Uh, this translates into a culture where products and services are about structured for the benefit of its collective members as opposed to shareholder value. Uh, I would say a second uh, main difference would be that uh, credit unions are nonprofit, uh, and being a nonprofit financial institution, this allows credit unions to provide value-added uh, services, many times uh, reflected on the fees or, or lack thereof, and also on the rates. Now, uh, many times credit, un credit unions tend to have little to no fees on services, uh, tend to have higher deposit rates and, and lower rates as compared to its bank counterparts. Uh, in some cases, I would say that uh, credit unions will provide year-end uh, dividend distributions that are members uh, to share as a form of profit sharing as well. Uh, other differences I would say is that because of their uh, not-for-profit not model, uh, they tend to have a more service-oriented culture as compared to a bank, which typically reflect a more aggressive sales culture to drive uh, shareholder value. Thanks for that context. I think it's really you know, important for us to know. I think credit unions, we generally associate with membership organizations that we belong to, uh, sure. whether they're employee groups or, you know, unions on the, you know, um, uh, professional services side. So curious, you, you've been in the world of finance for 20 plus years, um, but currently you work on the credit union business group side. 
share with us a little bit about your journey. How did you first get into uh, finance and specifically on the real estate finance side and take us through your uh, journey? Sure. So I've been in the uh, lending industry now for close to 25 years. Really, the first part of my career has been spent uh, in the uh, residential lending space, starting off initially in, you know, uh, with a small broker and uh, transitioning to a, a larger direct lender and eventually venturing out on my own and started my own broker firm uh, with my wife, as a matter of fact. Uh, we were uh, pretty fortunate to have recruited uh, talented individuals that uh, allowed for us to produce uh, and grow the uh, organization to six branches and you know, averaging about 120 million, 130 million in loan production a year. Um, you know, 2008 happened uh, and I had to pivot and uh, decided to pivot to commercial lending, starting with credit unions. Uh, and uh, I chose the credit union culture specifically for their uh, general philosophy of uh, not for profit, uh, not for charity, but for service. I found that this uh, value system is more aligned with my uh, personal and professional values. And, um, you know, uh, from there, uh, I had to start from scratch again, uh, starting off as a loan officer, worked my way up to management. Uh, and during the course of my uh, tenure in management, I developed a uh, several different commercial uh, lending programs from ground up, uh, essentially dealing with state and federal regulators, uh, writing policies, dealing with uh, board approvals, and uh, building up uh, essentially a specific credit culture, commercial real estate credit culture within the uh, within the credit union, as it's a, a fairly new venture for for most credit union um, for most credit unions in general. Um, along with that, that built up the infrastructure as well, uh, along with uh, high performing teams. Now, collectively, I should say, during the course of my credit union career, including the current participation portfolio that I manage, I've, I've managed a modest amount uh, or a modest uh, 500 million in loan assets. Uh, I would say in the last 12 years of my credit union career. So you, you mentioned Dexter the last recession in 2008. Obviously, yes. we're you know we're here in the middle of the pandemic. You know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on you know obviously people are pivoting, people are uh, concerned. What are some of your thoughts about what's going on right now in the lending world because of the pandemic? Are there opportunities? Uh, what are some of the things that our listeners should be aware of during this pandemic and what's going to be coming in the future here? Sure. Uh, well, there's a lot of uncertainty currently uh, in the market right now. Uh, more specifically, I want to address some, some of the challenges I think that we're, we're experiencing. As you know, uh, in March, when this pandemic started uh, and when the CARES Act was, uh, was passed, there was quite a bit of forbearance, deferred payments that, that had transpired. Uh, I would say more specifically, about a third of my portfolio had actually encountered or, or, uh, 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 deferral payments. And uh, the good news is that uh, as we're uh, as we're on the tail end of that 90-day deferral period, many of those borrowers are now stabilizing and now making those payments. Um, you know, some optimistic outlook, I should say, from the lead lender, from a lead lender standpoint, uh, there's a lot of optimism that these borrowers are now, you know, have communicated that they are confident about uh, making those payments. Uh, in addition to that, uh, for any future request on forbearances, you know, lenders are taking a bit more of a stringent approach, uh, more specifically or more becoming more scrutinizing of the request. Uh, as you know, in March or uh, during the beginning of the pandemic, it was 
almost a free-for-all whereby if you had requested any kind of deferral, you're for the most part approved. Uh, today, if someone was to request that, uh, it's go going to have to go through a little bit more scrutiny as far as the approval process is concerned. Now, you know, one of the challenges that we have specifically in the area that I that I oversee in loan sourcing and participation, there's always um, there's always existed a, a pretty wide gap. And I just want to make sure for, for the purpose of this conversation, are you are you familiar with the term loan participations? Um, why don't you clarify that? Because, you know, sure. not, not me. Sure. So loan participations are essentially a way to sell off a port. They're very much uh, similar to loan syndications. I think one of the main differences is that from a credit union standpoint, that terminology, terminology is more widely used in this particular industry. And uh, it allows for, uh, it's a tool to use for liquidity, to manage aggregate caps uh, internally. Uh, and to essentially be able to take on larger uh, credits that otherwise uh, couldn't be engaged by any one particular credit union. Um, so within the industry, uh, there's been, uh, there, there always existed a pretty wide uh, supply demand gap in participations. Uh, this is, this was actually enhanced uh, with uh, more recent, my, by more recent, I mean about three years ago, three, four years ago, uh, a regulatory change that uh, NCO implemented, which allowed for uh, participations not to be counted against uh, credit unions MBL cap. MBL cap stands for member business lending cap, which is the cap in which by which credit unions can uh, um, originate uh, uh, commercial real estate loans. Uh, this gap was further enhanced by this uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, and this is one of the main challenges that we have right now. Now, one of the ways in which we're trying to uh, uh, provide solutions for this is uh, to have a very focused uh, funnel marketing campaigns, uh, for the most part, selecting uh, highly positioned credit unions that could facilitate these loans and in turn allow for us to backfill, not completely backfill, but somewhat backfill the, uh, the supply side of uh, participations. You know, uh, as far as outlook for 2021, I think many uh, uh, credit union uh, commercial lenders are, you know, have adjusted their guidelines, uh, as with many banks, uh, you know, lowering their LTVs, higher DSCR uh, requirements, and in some cases um, uh, have required more uh, deposit reserves. Not so much the full relationship, but just a higher reserve uh, as part of, as a condition of the loan. Um, I would say from a general outlook, outlook uh, credit unions are very cautious at this point, um, very selective, uh, and for the most part, offering low leverage loans at this point. You know, 50, 65% LTV at max. Uh, definitely staying away from more uh, opportunistic, quote unquote, uh, type of ventures such as construction and uh, for obvious reasons, retail, hotel, um, offices. Uh, their specific focus, uh, primarily multifamily and light industrial, that's still an, an area that's uh, where, where credit unions have a high appetite in. Uh, but for the most part, again, uh, a very cautious approach is what the credit unions are taking at this point in time. I have a question on folks from the perspective of people who want to borrow money. Most people think of going sure. to lenders or, um, you know, this 
can be a, a generally broad question, whether you're looking for a home loan or car loan or a commercial loan uh, to fund your business. Um, why would somebody want to choose a credit union over going to a traditional financial institution that we generally go to uh, as a bank? Sure. From from uh, you know one of the key differences between uh, banks and credit unions is well, let's start with recourse. Uh, whereas uh, banks tend to, to be a bit more flexible uh, on the subject of recourse. Historically, credit unions uh, will require unlimited personal guarantees. Uh, you know, uh, normally this is not a very inviting aspect of uh, going to a credit union. Uh, however, a few years back, NCUA, which is essentially the equivalent of uh, FDIC uh, and is a regulatory body for credit have made some changes that moved away from the from a prescriptive uh, to a more uh, principle-based model. Uh, and uh, because of that, credit unions are, are now able to um, originate uh, loans without recourse. Um, you know, from a relationship standpoint, uh, I would say that banks, uh, as you may or may not know, uh, community banks and banks in general, anytime you're uh, facilitating or inquiring for a loan with a bank, uh, they tend to require a full transfer of your business banking relationship. Uh, it's typical for, you know, for a borrower to have an issue with this, especially for larger borrowers where they have complex banking relationships already established with another institution. With credit unions, this is uh, not necessarily an issue. Most credit union transactions are exactly that, transactional, which makes it uh, more convenient for uh, larger borrowers with uh, uh, robust portfolios to engage you know, one-off transactions or multiple transactions without having to bring on their full relationships and making it, incon uh, making it inconvenient for them. So speed and convenience, I would say one, um, now, with regards to uh, appetite in general, uh, you know, credit unions have the ability to originate in parity with a community bank, uh, originating anywhere between one to ten million. Uh, one advantage that credit unions have uh, that uh, I would say is a over a uh, uh, bank counterpart is that uh, credit unions tend to be cooperative in nature, and uh, you know any loans above the 10 million mark, credit unions have the ability to participate within its network, and, and that's one of my functions as well, as you know. Uh, if you have a 20 million, if a borrower has a 20 million, 30 million dollar transaction, we can readily syndicate that or participate that out to a greater network, uh, thus. Uh, uh, being able to effectively, you know, close that deal in a, you know, in a reasonably uh, reasonable time frame. Reasonable time frame. Thanks for that uh, very detailed answer, Dexter. We appreciate it. Uh, I think one more important question that we always ask our guests is, what advice would you give our listeners who are looking to get into the credit union space or the lending space, since you've had experience in both residential and commercial, what advice would you share with them if they want to get into the business? What should they be doing? Yeah, sure. Uh, I would say for, first and foremost, find an opportunity to get your foot in the door, right? Most basic advice there. Uh, if uh, senior management is your goal, uh, you know, I would develop, you know, uh, your, your skill sets beyond just business development, uh, receive some formal commercial real estate training, uh, receive some, uh, you know, uh, company sponsored, uh, 
management uh, training, as well as, uh, as I mentioned, commercial real estate lending training. Uh, I would also, you know, expand your network, uh, provide some value within the industry by creating some sort of uh, forum as, uh, such as the one that I created and such as the one that you have right now, uh, where you're providing value to the industry and you're coordinating uh, different subject matter experts uh, for the benefit of many. Uh, and really, give first before you receive uh, is uh, what I would say. Uh, provide value above and beyond what, what is required uh, to both your organization and, and to the general industry. Thanks, Dexter. I think we, we learned a lot today. I think you know credit unions, again, are things that generally uh, most people know that exist. I think you've given us a lot of insight on generally what credit unions are, how you ended up doing it, and going down that path and a lot of words of wisdom and advice, uh, particularly for our younger listeners who may be jumping on their journey for the first time trying to figure out what they want to do, or perhaps 2020 has given them a little bit of introspection and then pivoting away from it. Um, you can connect with Dexter in the uh, Facebook group. Uh, we'll also link you to his uh, LinkedIn profile through which you can connect uh, with Dexter. And just want to say thank you uh, for making time for us today and sharing a little bit about your own career journey, what you do, and your advice for our members. Thanks, Dexter. Thank you both.